0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Nobody wins unless everybody wins.
0: This is your time. We're in this game. Goal, the puck, oh! An impossible goal! These guys are good, scary good, and this crowd is going
2: bananas.
1: As they say in hockey, let's do
0: that hockey.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Liebath. I am the hockey editor here at Action, and joining me, as always, is my friend. And professional better, you know him on gambling Twitter as so many sports and so money. We only have three games to talk about for Wednesday and Thursday. Those will be between the Blues and Avalanche, Rangers, Hurricanes, Oilers, and Flames. The Lightning have swept the Presidents' Trophy winners, the Florida Panthers. Uh, so they're on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Another team that has a chance to advance is is the Stanley Cup favorites, the Colorado Avalanche, they're plus one thirty-five. To win the Stanley Cup right now, um, they're minus two sixty at home against the St. Louis Blues, who are plus two ten. The over under here six and a half. Yep, the Aves took both games in St. Louis. Uh, I think game three, St. Louis was was pretty good. Uh, they they had the Jordan Bennington injury. Ville Huso wasn't great, um, and that sunk them. And then game four, they got you know sucked into the Nazem Kadri trap and were chasing him around all game instead of trying to win. The Avalanche imposed their will. Now they go back to Colorado, and because of that, because the Avalanche have this momentum, they're going back home, the Blues look lost, and the goaltending situation, the Avalanche you just know are going to be inflated. The, the price for game five is going to be inflated, uh, and that puts you in the dilemma, right? Like, do you have the kind of intestinal fortitude to bet the Blues knowing you're going to probably get a good price on them, but everything just seems to be pointing to a Colorado win here.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tough to back the Blues here. I don't blame Huso for the losses here, but my problem with him in this series is that the Blues' only shot was outstanding goaltending for the whole series. I felt that Bennington could provide them with it, but I had questions about Huso maintaining the level required for the whole series, and he just hasn't. He was, he was very good in the first period um, of Game 4, and then we saw what happened in quick succession in the second period. Game four was um, was dominated by the Avs. Um, and that power play surge at the end of the second period there made the final score semi-respectable there for the Blues. But um, the side is going to be tough for me to get involved. There's always a price. We always say there's always a price. Um, but when I add a subjective layer to this game, um, that price is going to be a lot bigger than what my numbers will say for me to play the Blues at. I do have interest in the over. Um, I think that a juice six and a half is going to be tough, but if we get something cheaper than that, um, that would be the only way that I would be looking at this game, and I do expect Colorado to be um, able to uh, close it out.
2: That is the lone game on Wednesday night, so we'll now flip to Thursday. Uh, We'll start with the Rangers and Hurricanes. The Rangers win both at home. Uh, the home team is undefeated 4-0 and uh, in the series. Carolina is minus 144 game five back in Raleigh. The Rangers plus 120. The over-under, once again, at five and a half. It's under, 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 under uh, in this series. The series money line is Carolina minus 145. Rangers plus 125. Um, and, and a couple interesting notes here. One, game two in Raleigh, which came on the heels of a less than impressive Carolina win. Uh, was minus 163, the Hurricanes closed. So we're already seeing a significant adjustment off of these two games at Madison Square Garden, and you, it's hard to argue with it. The Rangers were, you know, they, they got out of game three. They were relatively lucky. I wouldn't say that Carolina dominated that game. They, they had the better chances at five on five, and... Were undone, like you said, like the Rangers' blueprint. Right, get good goaltending, score a power play goal, and hope it's the difference. And that worked in Game Three, and then Game Four, the Rangers were the ice was just tilted. They were they were the better team. Carolina was undisciplined in the first period, that allowed the Rangers to keep them off their rhythm and get their power play going. Next thing you know, it's two nothing, uh, and that's going to be enough for Igor, especially with the way Carolina is generating offense right now, which is to say they're not. So. Do you think that this adjustment going down from, you know, the Rangers plus 140 uh, where they closed in in game two to plus 120 for game five, is that an overreaction? Is it just right, an underreaction? And how are you playing this one?
1: You never want to overreact as the games in this series go on, but I am starting to um, change my tune a bit on the Rangers here. And in this series, um, I am starting to um, kind of, Come around on them a bit here Um, on the surface, the adjustment from the late plus one forties closing on games one and two to the mid one twenties that they are for game five on the surface, it looks like a big adjustment, but I do agree with it. Even though the hurricanes were better in the last four periods in Carolina, the Rangers were right there essentially making the result coin flips as long as Shesterkin is back in back to his form now, which he clearly is, I'm not seeing anything that makes me think that the Rangers can, can't can continue to, to make these games a coin flip game. I'm not arguing that Carolina with Carolina being the better team, I've always maintained that they are. But I am starting to change my outlook in the sense that I just want these games to be a coin flip, and I think Igor gets me there. I suspect this line will probably get higher on the Hurricanes, um, which does give me interest in the Rangers. In the mid plus 120s, I am almost there, but when we go a little bit higher, I will get there and I will most likely have a play on the Rangers in game five. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Yeah, it's 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 been a, a very sluggish series for the the Hurricanes forwards. Uh, they're supposed to be a deep team that can beat you because they can roll four lines. Uh, they basically have parts of one line working right now. It's it's been really just a a, a pretty ugly effort. You do expect them to improve uh, off off of what we saw from them in Game Four, uh, Game you could say the third period of Game Three and Game Four, uh, in Game Five. But the Rangers are just a, a team that has turned into. A yeah, like I said, a, a a good team in rock fights, very Dallas Stars kind of what we saw in round one, where if you you know you're the underdog, you're on the road, just kind of sit back and and absorb and, and stay in the game as long as possible. We'll see. I I'm I'm really interested to see where this number goes because it does seem like the Rangers. You know, we always say you got to treat every game as this individual kind of phenomenon in, in these series. Uh, but the Rangers clearly are the team that are going to have the momentum from outside onlookers. Uh, so we'll see. And, and the other thing to keep in mind here is this is the second time that a series has played out this exact fashion for Carolina. They, they won. Uh, they've won two home games against the Bruins. They looked great. Went to Boston, kind of came unglued a little bit, went home, won game five, went back to Boston lost game six and then won game seven. Uh, So they're undefeated at home and haven't won yet on the road. At some point, something will have to give you, you'd imagine. And we'll see what happens for, for game five. Speaking of game fives, um, another potential elimination game here for the Oilers and Flames. This one's heading back to Calgary, to Cowtown. We don't have a a line yet for this game. We're recording this uh, just after midnight on Wednesday morning. Um, where the right after the Oilers just defeated the Flames in, in a wild game in Edmonton to go up 3-1 in the series. But going off of what we saw from game two, where the line closed Calgary minus 170, Edmonton plus 140, you'd imagine we'll probably see something close to that. I, I mean we could see an adjustment like like we've seen with the Rangers because the Oilers clearly are doing something right against this Flames team, um, kind of negating their for checking edge by being quick uh, to to move pucks out of the defensive zone and, and beating them on the rush, uh, so I think we won't see Flames at minus one seventy for Game Five, but it can't be too far off. Just judging off of what we've seen earlier in the series, I mean it's pretty hard to look away from the Oilers as an underdog here in a closeout game on the road. Uh, this this team seriously is in form, right? This is we saw the the, the King series; they looked like they came unglued a little bit but they snapped right back into it. And it's one of those situations where do you trust the, the long-term form, which we saw over those last 39, 38 games of the season when Jay Woodcroft took over for the Oilers uh, from Dave Tippett, where they turned into a 119-point pace team uh, under Woodcroft. So those Oilers have shown up, not really the, the Oilers we saw in the first round. So when you look at it that way, you say, you know, these there's really not that much separating these two teams right now.
1: It should come as no surprise which way. I'll be betting game five here. There's a couple of things for the Flames that kind of stand out to me here. Tanev is clearly not 100%, which is just an enormous loss for the Flames and how they need to defend the Oilers. He plays such a big role. Um, And after the first period, I was making my notes on Markstrom and I was all set to um, kind of speculate not only on fatigue on Markstrom, um, but also... Um, him carrying an injury because he 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 just didn't look himself, um, look like himself there. But credit to him, I thought he was he was spectacular the rest of the game. There were a lot of points in that game where I thought that the Oilers could have really put it away, but Markstrom kept him in the game. The Flames' top guys have disappeared for the most part, and we do need to give the Oilers credit for that. They've been working on their defensive game ever since Woodcroft took over, and they've settled on a strategy right now where they are content to give up shots. As many shots as Calgary wants to take, they're fine with that, but they're limiting the high danger chances, and they're trusting Smith to make that first save, um, as long as that first save is not coming from 200 feet out. I've been saying this ever since I fell in love with the Oilers earlier this season. They don't need outstanding goaltending to be successful. They're getting, for the most part, an average performance from Mike Smith for the most part, and that's good enough right now. Um, His biggest strength right now is Calgary is a very dump-and-chase team. They're big on the forward check. They they get on you quickly. The problem with that is that you have a guy like Mike Smith who can – basically stopped the forecheck dead in their tracks with their, with his, with his puck handling. So I don't know how Calgary adjusts out of that. This is the way that they play. They've played all season like this. And now we're deep into the playoffs. You can't just change your game. So I think that fundamentally the Oilers have a big advantage here with the way that both teams play. And of course the Tanev injury is just, is just devastating. So I don't expect to see plus one fifty again on the Oilers. If it's anywhere near that, of course I'll be on it. But I do think that if we get anything into the mid one thirties, into the one forties, um, I I will be on the Oilers here.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting, like like the Rangers um, series, uh, where where that line goes because you have one team that is the was the underdog coming into the series. Most people wouldn't argue that the Flames are the better team on paper, uh, but the Momentum, um, all the narratives will be pointing towards Edmonton to close it out in Calgary in the Battle of Alberta. Definitely not how we thought that series would go in terms of just how the games have have fleshed out either. Uh, all right, that uh, does it for another episode of Line Change uh, for so many sports. I'm Michael Lebuff. We will likely see you again on Friday morning, so long as uh, there's more than one game to talk about.